Well, amen. Amen. Once again. Well, good evening, family. What a what a joy it is to gather once again on another Lord's Day. Amen. I pray you all had a great week. Um, let me invite you now to turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 2, verses 41 through 47, as we continue in our new sermon series on our vision and mission titled Faithful in the Ordinary Things. Faithful in the Ordinary Things. And let me mention this. I mentioned this last week, but, but the hope of this series is, is really to encourage us as a new church, a five-month-old church by God's grace, uh, to encourage us in the things that by God's grace uh, we're already doing, but then also, also to cast vision for us for this fall year and winter and next year by God's grace. And so that's the hope of this series. And so as you turn there, let me go ahead and ask God for his help as we dive into Acts chapter 2. Let me pray. Father in heaven, uh, what a privilege it is to come together again uh, to worship you, uh, to worship you rightly, to lift you high. And thank you for um, our praise team leading us in that, and ushering us into that this evening so beautifully. Uh, and uh, even though we didn't have, uh, you know, the instrumentation, we had their wonderful, beautiful voices and uh, the way that they led us so well. Thank you uh, for uh, them and, and for this time to, to worship you. Um, we praise you for your goodness. We praise you for your mercy. Um, it's only by your mercy and your grace that uh, we have been kept this past week. I know a lot of us had rough weeks and a lot going on, uh, different challenges, uh, whether it was health related, uh, whether it was, it was us personally or family members. Um, yeah, Lord, a lot of challenges there, um, challenges with jobs, uh, challenges with family, uh, you name it. Uh, but you kept us. And you continue to keep us. And so we, we praise you for uh, sustaining us. Um, it's only by your grace, Lord. God, I do want to pray for uh, those of us in our congregation who have been experiencing illness and sickness, Lord. I, I lift them up to you. I think about uh, the Kim family right now, our brother Josh, um, who's out, Lord. I pray for him. I pray, um, yeah, I pray that you would heal him. Uh, because, God, we believe that you are the great physician. And so, God, we pray that you would heal him. We pray that you would help him to endure uh, in whatever he is experiencing, whatever the symptoms are that he's experiencing right now. Help him to endure. Help him to keep his eyes on you. Uh, we pray that you would protect Pearl, uh, and that you would keep Pearl healthy as she cares for her husband. Uh, we just pray, Lord, that you would, would continue to sustain them, Lord, as they have been hit on numerous occasions, Lord. And so, Lord, would you, even in light of that, thinking how discouraging that might be and how heavy they might feel right now. God, I pray, um, yeah, Lord, that you would lift the heaviness, uh, that you would lift the burdens off of them, that you would provide strength, that you would provide care uh, for them, Lord. God, I also want to continue to pray uh, for the Owens family. God, thank you for the Owens family. Thank you uh, just for how great of a blessing they are to our church. I want to continue to pray for Sean, God, 
I want to continue to lift her up before you, God, that you would continue as I've even seen on her Facebook posts, Lord, that uh, you are keeping baby Grace, Lord. And so we pray that you would continue to keep baby Grace and continue to keep her, keep them both healthy, help them to get rest, and um, be with Brother Rick, Lord, um, as he cares for his wife and cares for his three-year-old daughter, Glow, and as he uh, cares, Lord, for uh, the, the, this newborn that will be here, Lord, here soon. And so, God, I pray that you would uh, continue to give him strength, encourage him. Uh, yeah, and, and, and would you uh, help him to look to you as his only hope, his only satisfaction, his only joy, his only strength uh, in the midst of challenging times. Um, God, I, I thank you for Sister Nikki and uh, you bringing her back to good health, Lord, uh, over this past week. We praise you for that. God, thank you for, um, yeah, thank you. Thank you for keeping her. Thank you for, uh, yeah, Lord, sustaining her and, and allowing her to be here today to be able to lead us in worship. Uh, and so we, we, we pray for these things. We pray also, Lord, for our opportunity this afternoon on the block, Lord, as we were out uh, sharing the gospel. Uh, but before that, Lord, thank you once again for uh, the opportunity to gather at the Owens home and to eat a good meal together, eat breakfast together. Thank you for them hosting us and, uh, and then also encouraging us from the word. Thank you for Brother Rick and how he led and taught so faithfully this morning as we looked at Genesis 1 through 3. And then thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to put that in practice uh, this afternoon by your grace. So God, for all of the people that we talked to, all of the people that we prayed for, God, would you uh, draw them to yourself? Would you save them in the name of Jesus? Would you deliver, Lord, uh, as as some that we talked to, Lord, even desires, Lord, to be delivered from drugs. God, would you do it? Because only you can. So God, we pray for that. We pray for deliverance. We pray uh, for hope, Lord, in the midst of so many things that happens, Lord, in our community. We pray, Lord, that you would help uh, the brothers and sisters out there on the block, Lord, to, to not, um, yeah, to, to, to not be hopeless, but to find hope in you. Uh, is their only way. And so, God, we, we pray for that. And we pray, Lord, now as we turn our attention to your word. Lord, would you blot out any distractions? Or would you help us to dig in uh, and hear from you? Lord, I, yeah, desire to uh, hide behind you, Lord. Uh, it's about you. Glorify yourself now. May you increase and may I decrease. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So Acts chapter 2, starting at verse 41. So I'm going to read verses 41 through 47, and then we'll be uh, hanging our hats on verses uh, 42 and 43. So verse 41 starts as this. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the, the proceeds to all as any had need. 
and day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Amen. Amen. So if you were with us last week, we talked about being faithful in the proclamation of the gospel as we considered verse 41. In our time last week, we dove into what the gospel is, and it is this. It is that God is the holy creator of all things, and that he has created male and female in his image after his likeness. But that man disobeyed God. Man is fallen. And because man disobeyed God, uh, every human being that has been born since then, although he's still created in the image of God and after his likeness, have inherited Adam's sin and is fallen. And because of their fallenness, deserving of God's judgment due because of their sin, because God is holy and he's good. And because of his holiness, he cannot allow sinners into his presence. So something had to be done for that. Something had to take place for that. And thanks be to God that God in his grace and his mercy, he sends his son, Jesus, who came, who lived and died and rose from the dead on the third day, offering salvation to all who would repent and trust in him by faith. This is the good news. This is the gospel. And this is what we considered last week as we saw that Peter, as a new church in Jerusalem, his sermon was Christ-centered. His sermon, the first sermon that was preached, it was gospel-centered. The content of the message was about Christ crucified. And resurrected. And if you look back at verse 41, you see where it says, so those who received his word, so the receiving of his word was that they received the gospel and then they were baptized and then they were added by God's grace to the church. So where there was gospel proclamation and a receiving of that gospel proclamation added to the church, where there's not a, a proclamation of the gospel, uh, and no receiving of that gospel, no adding to the church. And so we, we looked at that last week. Um, and if you're here this evening and you're not a Christian, I plead with you to, to turn from your sin and turn to Jesus now. Turn to him. He's gracious. He's kind. He's merciful. And I don't think it's by chance that you're here this evening listening into a sermon about his goodness, about his mercy. So I plead with you, if you're here and you don't know him, trust him. And the other thing about it is that what we'll be discussing today is, is something that if you haven't trusted him by faith, that you don't currently have. And what that is, is the fellowship of the believers the fellowship of the believers. But we want you to get in on this. We want you to, to experience the fellowship of the believers. So we also, by way of recap, talked about the primacy of the gospel 
in our preaching at CACC and in every aspect of our teaching, uh, in every ministry here at CACC. So the primacy of the gospel, because we believe that the gospel is the central thing of the Bible from the Old Testament to the New Testament. The Old Testament is appointing to the gospel, appointing to Christ's work. And the New Testament is appointing back to what Christ has done. And so we believe that this is the central theme of the Bible. And then lastly, we desire to see a revival. This is what we pray for. This is what we hope for by God's grace. We desire to see a revival take place here in Congress Heights. And we believe that through a faithful proclamation of this gospel and lives living worthy of that gospel, and ultimately, God bringing it about that we will see it happen by his grace, by his grace. And so let me offer again from our time last week, just a few practical ways to apply this. And, and, and let me do this by way of encouragement in light of what, by God's grace, our church body is doing and has done. And so as you already know, most of you all here know, when the first Sunday of each month, we uh, gather right out front of these doors, and then we walk out of the Ave for a prayer walk. And so we spend time praying here. We start here, and then we walk to the metro or wherever the Lord might lead us, and we seek to pray with our neighbors. And uh, in some of those cases, gospel conversations have, have sparked up. And we pray with our neighbors right on the spot. And then, like on a day like today, it's third Sunday evangelism. And... Um, we had a wonderful time once again at the Owens crib. Uh, and let me just pause real quick and just and, and just say this, man. My man, my man can cook, man. My man, my man held it down. Him and his wife, they held it down. And uh, I, I had never uh, tasted what was it? it? Was it was it was beef, uh, beef bacon, beef bacon. I was exposed to beef bacon today, and it was banging. It was banging. And so we had we had a we had a, a, a blessed time chopping it up about the gospel and evangelism earlier this morning. And then we went out to Shepherd's Park and, and shared the gospel. And so what I want to do is encourage everybody who's a, a member of CHCC and, and, and others who uh, would love to join us uh, to, to join us for these rhythms each month. Join us because these are opportunities for us to learn and study together, to fellowship as we're going to be talking about this, this evening in this text, and then also ways to go out and serve together and fellowship even in that fashion. So I want to encourage you, continue to come out. If you haven't come out, please join us. Um, but then also adding to that, on the third Sunday of each month in the morning, we hope to gather together around breakfast and discuss evangelism um, and the gospel. And so join us next month for that. Then the third thing, as Brother Brock mentioned earlier in our announcements, Who's Your One? Who's Your One is an initiative that, uh, by God's grace, we are seeking to be faithful to. And so prayerfully considering uh, who that one person might be that, uh, yeah, you, you desire to read the Bible with. right? And so, so prayerfully consider who that one person is that you can read the Bible with each week or uh, who you can share the gospel with each week. Uh, and then lastly, inviting them to service. And so it can be all three of those if you're able to, but really the hope is to choose one of those each week and be faithful to it and seek to yeah, invite someone to church, seek to share the gospel with someone by God's grace, uh, 
uh, and then seek to read the scriptures or a Christian book uh, with someone by God's grace. So we want to encourage all of us uh, to be faithful to that. And then what I mentioned last week, and this is a book that I find myself coming back to, uh, yeah, over over the over the years, and and it's what is the gospel by Greg Gilbert. Um, I know a lot of us here have read it, um, but I, I want to encourage if you haven't read it, we should have a copy back there. Grab it on your way out and, and dig into that. Um, but if you have read it, I want to encourage you. Yeah, pick it up again. It's just a, a really helpful book uh, in really mapping out uh, the gospel. Uh, when we think about God, man, Christ's responses, so thinking about a structure, even as Brother Rick brought us through that this morning, but a structure in how to think about and how to proclaim the gospel effectively. And so I want to encourage you to read that, which then sets the stage for what we will be digging into this evening. So as I mentioned, we'll be covering verses 42 through 43. So look back with me now there as we read it. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. So the word devoted there in this text means that they were committed to something, that they were giving their time, their money, and efforts towards something. It's been said that LeBron James spends $1.5 million on caring for his body each year. From a strict diet of healthy and nutritious foods to a four-day workout routine, this brother is devoted to taking care of himself so he can be prepared for the next season, the next game, etc., etc. He knows that if his body isn't ready, that it's a wrap, that he can hang it up for that season. I mean, this is how a guy like him, being in his 18th season, being drafted at number one to the Cavs in 2003, is still going hard in 2021. Devoted to, to caring for himself in that way. Devoted to taking care of his body, spending $1.5 million so that he can show up every night and play hard. Similarly, for the disciples then and for us now, but even on a greater scale, our devotion is to be to Jesus, his word, and the fellowship of the saints. Now just imagine the disciples at this point soaking up the words of the apostles sitting at the apostles' feet and soaking up the words being taught to them. And the teachings uh, from the Old Testament, which they were, as they only had the Old Testament at this point, but them soaking up the scriptures, learning, feasting upon, desiring to learn more about the Lord Jesus. So for us, in 2021, uh, we have the apostles' teaching in our Bibles, right? And we are to devote ourselves to knowing, to studying, to meditating, and enjoying God's Word. I think about Psalm 119, 14 through 16, where it reads, In the way of your testimonies I delight. 
as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. So the question for us this evening is, is, is this you? Is this me? Is this us? Delighting in God's testimonies, delighting in God's word, meditating upon God's word, reading faithfully God's word. In the busyness of life and in the changes, in the hurts, the pains, the struggles, God's word is what brings us hope. God's word is what brings us true joy. All these other things that we're experiencing is going to fade away. It will pass, but we know that the word of the Lord will last forever. God's word provides direction, provides wisdom, and God's word produces joy in our souls. I mean, just, just think about it for a second. The God of the universe, God of the universe, who created everything that we see and know, including us, in his image, after his likeness, has spoken, has spoken his word, has revealed his word, has given us his word, given his word to us as a gift for us to know it, for us to study it, for us to meditate upon it, for us to delight in it, to enjoy it. And then he's opened our eyes and our ears and our hearts for us to be able to know his word, to cherish his word, to obey his word. And ultimately his word is what has granted us life. So the question is, why wouldn't we devote ourselves to reading his word as this good God, this gracious God, has given us his word as a gift so that we might know him and enjoy him forever. So one of the things that I want to encourage us to continue to do is to be faithful to devoting ourselves to God's Word, to reading it, to studying it, to meditating upon it, to, to delighting in it, to cherishing it. And so here are a few practical ways that I want to encourage us to continue to devote ourselves to God's Word this fall and, and by God's grace for the rest of our lives. One of the things I want to encourage, as I know it's already happening, but want to encourage us to do it even the more as we think about God's word giving us life. And we can't live without it. We need it. We need him. So one, read it personally. Read it personally. want to encourage you, uh, whatever that rhythm is for you, whether it's a morning or whether it's a night or whatever time that might be, read God's word. Sink deep into God's word. Study his word personally. Secondly, read it with another person or in a group. And, and, and I'm encouraged by uh, Natasha and Sean and just how great they are leading the discipling pods for the ladies. And 
and, and them connecting and them getting together and them fellowshipping and them studying uh, God's word and reading books together. So just a, a, by way of encouragement, so encouraged by them, but read it with another person. Read it in a group together. Another way is continue to attend church regularly, right? As this is a time for us as God's people to gather together on a weekly basis to hear God's word unfolded to us. And for us to sing God's word. And for us to pray God's word. So attend church regularly. Attend Bible study regularly. Now I get it, I get it, and let me be clear on this, I get it that we're gonna miss it sometimes. Life happens, things happen, and we're gonna we're gonna miss church and we're gonna miss Bible study. But I want to encourage, if at all possible, continue to prioritize these opportunities uh, as this is our body gathering as a church to study God's word together to encourage one another in God's word and to see him on the pages of scripture and to hold each other accountable to that. So so want to encourage us to attend those things regularly and faithfully. And then the last thing that I'll mention for this time's sake is uh, us starting a, a church Bible reading plan sometime this fall where we all as a church body will be reading the scriptures together and being able to encourage one another on the same reading plan uh, and, and chopping it up on the group me or other ways um, and just reading the scriptures together, whether that's a, a one-year Bible plan or a three-month plan or a plan that's particularly on you know the book of Psalms, whatever that might be. We'll, we'll hash out those details later. But want to invite us as a church family to be reading God's word together. Amen? Amen. Which then leads to the next theme the disciples were devoted to. And what we should continue as a new church, five-month-old church, continue to devote ourselves to. And that is the fellowship. That's the fellowship. We see the early church doing life with one another in this verse and the verses to follow. And, 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 and so the question is, why, why is this important? <laughs> why is this fellowship important? Why is there a need for us to be getting together like this uh, in, in spaces like this or in our homes like we were at Brother Rick's crib earlier this morning because we need each other. We need each other. We, we need each other. And God has blessed us, has graced us uh, with opportunities to get together and chop it up and build and encourage one another Hold each other accountable. And the other thing is that God didn't make us to walk this thing out alone, right? He didn't make us to be Lone Ranger Christians. He created us to be in community with one another, to be in fellowship with one another. And I believe the pandemic, in a lot of ways, has heightened and shown us the importance of fellowship, the need for fellowship. Uh, in some ways, right? I mean, when we think about it, I mean, everything was shut down. And, and in some ways, uh, a form of fellowship was taken away from us. Where we weren't, we weren't able to gather like this, and we weren't able to really gather in one another's homes uh, and, and, and feel safe 
because of a virus. And in some ways, I think it's, it's if we didn't appreciate it before, I bet we do now. I bet we do now. I bet we even the more long and, and desire, because if I keep it 100, uh, I was people deprived. And I can speak for all of us in here. People deprived in me wanting to see people uh, and enjoy the fellowship of the saints. And so we all suffer in a lot of ways from that, being people deprived and so many things, so forth and so forth. Let me encourage us all to take advantage of all of the fellowship opportunities that we have currently and, and uh, fellowship opportunities that may come about. Let me encourage us all to continue uh, to prioritize getting up and chopping it up with one another because we need each other. And you never know what someone is going through during the week, right? Uh, even me having conversations, others checking in on me, uh, you know, things that's going on with my dad. I, I appreciate everybody who's been reaching out and encouraging me. Um, it's, it's been much needed. And so I really appreciate that. I need you all, as well as you all need me. We need each other. And so the fellowship, the encouragement, of the saints uh, is what these brothers and sisters uh, were doing here in their early church and something that as a vision for us, we want to do even more. So this fellowship also included the breaking of bread and prayers, as you see here in the text, it says, uh, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Some scholars believe that the breaking of bread was uh, the, both the Lord's Supper and a regular meal, essentially, uh, the disciples were devoting themselves to the ordinariness of eating a meal together. Eating a meal together. Fellowshipping together. Around God's word. Encouraging each other. And I believe that for us as a five-month-old church, God continues to call us to these type of ordinary things. That is the ordinary, that is the simple that is the biblical things that God wants us to continue to devote ourselves to. And let me, let me say this. I've said this before. We don't know what the future holds. God does. But we don't, we don't know. You know, when we think about this Delta variant and we think about all these different things that's happening in our world, we don't know what the future may hold. But we do know is that whether it's the Delta variant or whatever that might be, that that nothing, right? Nothing can hinder God's plan and will for his church, for his people. That nothing can stop his church. And so if we are facing another shutdown, we don't know. I want us to really sink in and refocus or focus in on these ordinary things for us as a church, to be focusing on, to be faithful to the proclamation of the gospel, right? That we talked about last week and that you hear every week, but devoting ourselves to God's word, devoting ourselves to fellowship, devoting ourselves to eating meals together as best we can um, and praying with one another.
praying fervently for one another and with one another. And so let me just offer a couple more practical ways to apply this, to encourage us in what we are already doing, but then also encourage us even the more to do it. So one, organically cultivate fellowship opportunities. Organically cultivate fellowship opportunities. Um, some of us have already been doing that, and, and, and that's encouraged, and that's great. Continue to do that by God's grace. Organically cultivate fellowship opportunities, uh, whether that's just like, man, like when we think about, yeah, when we think about doing ordinary life, you know, inviting someone into that, you know, in, inviting someone into whatever that might be, whether you're running some errands or whether you are, whatever the case may be, uh, cultivating these ordinary opportunities to fellowship with one another. Second thing, attend Fellowship Fridays. So this is, so we got on one hand, cultivating, uh, you know, and organizing uh, fellowship opportunities organically as a church body, individually or together. But then two, this is a church rhythm for us. Fellowship Fridays is an opportunity that by God's grace, we hope to come together each month and chop it up and encourage one another over a meal and look at scripture and check in on one another. And so as Brother Brock has already mentioned, the next one is on August 27th. So later this month at 7 p.m. at Liz's new crib. And I, I want to encourage everyone to, to, to be a part of that, to attend that, um, as this is a wonderful opportunity uh, for the church family to, to come together outside of a, a regular scheduled gathering like this or any other gathering. So I want to encourage you, if you can, uh, to attend that. Three, utilize every format to connect. Utilize every format to connect. So whether that's a phone call, whether that's a text message, FaceTime, Zoom, Google Meet, or in person, all of us continuing to maximize uh, opportunities to connect. And then lastly, attend our monthly prayer gathering. So we, you know, we meet once a month via Zoom right now, via Zoom, unless things change or we might be able to meet here. But monthly, we're coming together as a church body to pray and then also to go out on the block to pray. And so I want to encourage everyone, if you can, to be a part of that, as these are practical ways that we can apply these things here as a church. Amen? Amen. So now, which leads to, look at the response of the disciples from their time devoting themselves to the ordinary biblical things. Look at, look at how God moved on their fellowship. Look at verse 43. What does it say? And awe came upon every soul. Awe came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. So the word awe here means fear. But, but, but not like a fear when you're afraid of the boogeyman or something along those lines. Or if you're afraid of, of pit bulls or anything along those lines. No, it's more of a reverential fear, a reverential awe of, of who God is and what he has done and honoring and a respect 
of revering of who God is and what he has done. I mean, just imagine this for a moment that you see 3,000 folks come to know the Lord and then they, they are added to the church and they gather and they devote themselves to scriptures, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, ordinary things, ordinary biblical simple things that every church by God's grace should be known for and be doing. And God moves. God moves. They are in awe of who he is and what he has done. And so really quick, we'll, we'll deal with the second part of this verse another time more in depth. But I, I would say that this was a unique time in the church. And that God's spirit was at work in a unique way through the apostles at this time. But I don't want us to, to miss the point. I believe that God moved because the people, the disciples, spent time with him and with one another. And God moved on their fellowship. God moved amongst the church because they were with him. They were with him. And so for us as a new church, as a five-month-old church, our desire is that we want to be with God. Amen? We want to be known for being with God. And we want to be known for being with one another. And so my encouragement is, church family, we're already doing it by God's grace. Let's continue to do it. Let's continue to do it even the more. Because we, not in no boastful or proudful sense, but man, we want to, when we gather and when unbelievers are here or whether we're on the block, and we want it to be said and known that, man, these people have been with God. That these people have, have spent time with God. That they know God. And that they are seeking faithfully to make him known. Amen. So, so just, yeah, just for us as a church, and when we think about this passage, uh, I, I want to be clear on something that I even mentioned last week, but just, just being, being clear on this, man, like we are going to trust God's spirit to bring this about, right? We're going to trust God's spirit to bring this about because only he can bring this about as we seek him and as we pray, as we read, and we want, to, we want to trust God to bring all of this about in our fellowship. And as we think about uh, reaching the loss, and the gospel is our strategy. It's the gospel. It's the ordinary proclamation, faithful sharing of the good news of Christ that only brings dead men and women to life. And we want to be faithful to that. That's our strategy. The scriptures are our strategy as a church. Amen? Because we believe that God has told us and has shown us from his word what a church is and what a church does. And as we look at this passage, for us as a church, vision and mission, we see this here. 
You see this hair lifted up from this passage. And so we want to be faithful to that. And so as I called the worship team to, to come back up and to, to lead us in this last song, uh, let's spend some time praying towards that end. Spend some time praying towards that end. Father, we uh, thank you for this time. And as we'll dig even deeper in this passage over these next few weeks, and, and as we're thinking about our vision and mission, um, God, we need your help. Um, we can't do any of this apart from your spirit and apart from your grace. And so, God, we ask, please, God, move among us. Continue to encourage us to be faithful to the simple, ordinary, biblical things that we are already doing by your grace. And help us to continue to be faithful to that and strive daily to be faithful. Because we believe that a faithful proclamation of your gospel and a faithful gathering of your local body and a faithful sharing of this good news and living out this good news and by your spirit will bring about the transformation in our church and in our community. And so God, help us to know that and to, uh, to rest in that and to not get caught up in any of the other things uh, that could pull our attention away from being faithful to these things. Help us, Lord, in that. Strengthen us in this, Lord, in this. Do it for your glory, for our joy, we pray, and for the advancement of your gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.